Hey everyone, welcome back to the Americana Station podcast with your host Will Payne Harrison, that's me. Thanks so much for tuning in uh, to listen to Clint's podcast today. Clint, I am so sorry for taking so long on this one, buddy, but um, I've been out on the road for the last couple of months promoting my new EP, Blue, which uh, has six songs, all featuring the word blue on it, including some John Prine and... uh, some uh, Fred Rose, you know, made famous by Willie Nelson, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, all those uh, sort of songs. So I've been out on the road uh, promoting that. I've been everywhere. I've been Chicago and Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. I've been uh, globetrotting for you guys. I hope uh, that I saw some of you guys. I hope that I see some of you in the future. i got some more gigs coming up. But uh, this is not about me. This is about Clint. And in the meantime... While we were waiting to uh, put this episode up, see this this why that's why it took so long to put it up, because uh, Clint actually became a finalist in Kerrville Folk Fest um, songwriting competition. So be on the lookout for that because he'll be performing at Kerrville and could possibly uh, make it into the final round, which would be awesome. He's well deserved, well deserved to be in the finals and even uh, one of the uh, winners. So Clint is an amazing songwriter in his own right. He's he's um been doing it for quite some time. We've been some we've been buddies. We've been playing some gospel music together and um traveling to uh Folk Alliance. We did we've done some things together. We're doing some more things at the end of the year. Really excited um to be friends with Clint and I'm really excited to have him on the podcast today. So, without further ado, let's uh let's tune in and listen and uh hear what Clint's up to. All right, I got Clint Alfin on the show. Did I say your name right? I I actually Cliff. pronounce it Alfin. Alfin, sorry. Yeah, but I've you know, there's people with the same last name that pronounce it different ways. I've I've known some people that pronounce it Alfin, but um, I've just I've grown up pronouncing it Alfin, but Alfin. I answer to either one. Is that the the uh, North Carolina pronunciation? I I Alfin. guess. <laughs> So thanks for coming on the show today. I'm glad to have you. Uh, Clint is a friend of mine. We've been hanging out and playing some music together lately, and we went up to uh, Folk Alliance together um, a few weeks ago. And he's got some really cool. Um, he's got some really cool stuff under his belt. He last year he won Telluride Troubadour uh, contest. Um, you, you've also won Falcon Ridge Folk Fest Emerging Artists. I was Emerging Artist, yeah, last year. And um, he was also a Kerrville finalist in 2015 and a Chris Austin finalist in 2014. So yep. needless to say, he's an amazing songwriter, and I'm um, really glad to have you on the show, man. Thanks. Glad to be here. So uh, your last album, Postmodern Man, yeah, came out in 2015. Yeah, that's that's right. And you're currently working on your new record. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm doing a little bit more recording uh, next month for that trying to get the uh the new record done um uh, nielsen hubbard is producing that again for me he did uh postmodern man and it was really uh it's really cool to work with him and um he had worked with some other friends of mine that i had heard and i really liked what i heard on their albums in that you know, it, it was definitely well produced, but it also sounded like them, you know. It was, uh, it. each of my friends that had worked with them had 
their distinctive like character was in that album too. So, um, and yeah, he's Nielsen's really easy to work with, and so I'm glad to be doing a, a second album with him. That's awesome. Yeah, what's the arrangement on this upcoming record? Yeah, it varies. Uh, it's kind of like with with Postmodern Man that some some songs are more acoustic, some songs are more produced, but um, the the main I, I play the acoustic guitar and and sing and write the songs and then most of the drum work is either done by a guy named Evan Hutchings or or Nielsen sometimes will play the drums on some of the tracks and uh, Chris Donegan is guitar on some tracks and um, just last uh, song I did for the album Will Kimbrough played guitar on oh, awesome. and I think we're going to use him on the next sessions too so there's um a guy named Dan Mitchell plays some keys on on some of the songs and, and Nielsen will add the bass and, and sometimes an organ part so it's a it's a collaborative effort there's a lot of good good musicians on there yeah I feel like Will Kimbrough is like all over a lot of people's albums in town yeah it's the first time I had worked with him when when we played uh the last song that we recorded and it turned out really well. He's, he's a good guy. It seems, seems pretty cool. So do you have a release date for the uh, record or are you still just kind of, I don't have a release date in my, I was thinking it might be out this summer, but it looks like maybe closer to the fall. I'm really trying to get it out this year, but I just want to make sure I get the right songs on there and, and get it mastered and everything. So I'm hoping maybe by the fall. How many how many songs are you looking to put on there? At least ten, possibly twelve. I, I usually try to put between ten and twelve songs on an album. The last album I did, uh, the first two albums I had twelve songs, and the last album I had eleven because there was a song on there that it was it was okay. It just um didn't quite fit with the rest of the album so uh i had to i decided to leave one of the songs off but so i had 11 on the last album um so y where can people find your music like postmodern man and uh any up upcoming tour dates i all the the music is available to stream or purchase off my website. You can either purchase the individual songs download that's clintalfin.com and or you can actually order the physical CDs off of the website as well. I also am on CD Baby and there's uh, I'm on iTunes and on Spotify good old Pandora Spotify. yeah so there's it's around <laughs> so tell me about um tell me about tell your ride like what was it like being on the the main stage and playing with such great songwriters and tell your ride is one of my favorite festivals this the time this past year when when I won I mean, or 2017 last summer it was the third time that I had been a top 10 finalist and what I really appreciate about Telluride and uh, Planet Bluegrass, who, who puts that on as well as the Rocky Mountain Folks Fest, is they really include you in the festival. 
which when I mean by that, like even if you get in the top 10 and you get to come out there, you're going to get at least three chances to perform. Yeah. If regardless of whether you make it into the top five, um, into the second round, because you'll have your performance in the, the first round of the contest. Then you'll have your, like they have an in the round set on that same songwriter stage oh, on a different day. Um, and then you'll have like what they call a tweener set. You'll normally get to play one song on the main stage in between uh, the main acts. Um, and then, of course, if you win, you get the 15 minute set on the main stage. And that was really fun just looking at that, that big crowd and getting the guitar presented. And it was it was really exciting. But um, but regardless of your placing in the contest, they do a really good uh, job of including the troubadours, including the finalists in the rest of the the festival. And there's only two stages. So you've got the main stage and right. then the workshop stage, the songwriter stage is the other stage. Oh, wow. So and that stage is open to the public. It's in like the public square. So you can get a really good crowd and a lot of good people listening to you. Whereas some other festivals, the songwriting contest is kind of incidental or, you know, it's it's one of only, you know, 10 or 15 other things going on at the right. same time, you know. So it's, uh, so Telluride, it's really good in that way to wh- where you feel like you get a lot of experience and you get a lot of exposure just by virtue of being one of those 10 finalists. And they also set you up for a radio interview on the uh, the sta- the local station there at Telluride. And I'm blanking on what the... Um, the call call letters are <laughs> K something. <laughs> we'll look it up. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, and you got a really cool guitar out of it. I got to play your guitar once. And yeah. Was yeah. Awesome guitar. What What was the brand name on that? It's a um, Shanti guitar, and the luthier is a guy named Michael Hornick, and it was uh, yeah the it was a Coca Bolo back and sides and like a Adirondack spruce top i believe and had some nice inlay it had a the 40th uh or 44th i think it's 44th telluride um logo on there so yeah it was it was really special it's a nice guitar yeah and and um i was looking up some of the past winners i saw uh Isaacoff, uh, Gregory Allen Isaacoff was yeah 10 years prior to you as the winner of that which is really cool um and also Lauren Pratt was in the top 10 with you too. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah, she was. We um, we traveled part of the way out there together. I actually drove from Nashville to Telluride. This was the second time I've done the big road trip, which is uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of miles on the car, but <laughs> it was um, anyway. So I, I think Lauren flew into Albuquerque and I picked her up from the airport in Albuquerque and we drove uh the rest of the way in and then I think I think I drove back through Denver and yeah so it was um in the the last time I went when it was uh it was 2015 
I traveled out there with a couple of other finalists. I, uh, a guy named Ryan pick up, uh, picked him up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and then um, a girl named Carter Sampson. I picked her up in Oklahoma City, and we played a show in Oklahoma City, and it was it was a nice little trip out there and trip back. And I, that's like some of the best part of either doing a festival like that or doing like a folk alliance is just the connections yeah. you make with other artists. I, I had a lot of connections and made a lot of touring connections with the Kerrville new folk when I was in that, uh, back in 2015 too. And so that's like, you know, it, it is, it is great to get in the contest and, um, yeah. And get to play. And obviously, you know, you feel good if you win, but even if you don't win, no matter how you do in the contest, if you are like open to making those connections and touring with people and, and, and writing with people and collaborating, that's really the thing I think that propels your career and keeps you out there. Yeah, doing I definitely stuff. agree. Speaking of, of, um, folk Alliance, that was, just a couple of weeks ago, that was a while. That was my first one. And, yeah, uh, you kind of tried to help prepare me for it, but <laughs> there's no being prepared for for yeah. folk alliance. That was crazy. Yeah, I think it took me uh, about a week to get my sleep rhythms back to where <laughs> same. Yeah, where I wasn't up at like five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock trying to get back to sleep. Yeah, that was uh, some of the best times I had at the festival at or at the conference was probably at four in the morning where you're delirious yeah. and no one cares anymore so that you just start jamming and being silly and yeah exactly um did you see anyone really good there yeah i saw a lot of of folks that i really enjoyed and I, i'm blanking on a lot of like the the specific names yeah. but like just like um when there was a a scotland a scotland showcase and there were several really cool bands that kind of married like the electric you know guitars and yeah. keyboards with like a bagpipe player and a fiddle player and just seeing that like seeing those elements mixed and and done well is great you know that was in the main room in the yeah in the, one of the main like big ballrooms yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw some of those in passing. I saw a lot of like two and three fiddle groups that were playing that were like amazing. They yeah, were, there was one group that was all saxophone, <laughs> and it was really cool. And they had a drummer as well. But it was uh, that was a neat. Group. I saw videos of that. I didn't actually. See it. So they had like baritone and then like yeah, it was yeah. like there was a there was a bass sax I guess and a baritone sax and a tenor sax and an alto sax and it was really cool it's kind of like a saxophone funk band <laughs> yeah. that's that's crazy there's all sorts of stuff there and then you had like six showcases I have four, four. I, have, I have four um private showcases and, and of course that's that's where the, a lot of the fun happens is right it's great I I've yet to get an official showcase there, but it's it's great when you you know, see your friends and they're playing official showcases and everything like that, and um, it's great to see those. But then when you get to see the um, the late night showcases, that's where you that's, that's where the fun is. That's yeah. where the fun <laughs> is, where you get to. And I always like playing showcases in the round. I think it's a lot of fun when you get to play with other writers and you kind of share 
you make new fans by virtue of the people that come to listen to them and and right. and they hear you and it's uh it's a nice it's just a nice folk music love fest everybody likes being there i have never seen so many fiddles in my life <laughs> i'm telling you it was yeah it was great um yeah i played a few showcases with uh wilson harwood he um he we were sharing an airbnb up there and uh after a couple of showcases he, he played he was just playing solo banjo and he asked me to play some guitar with him so we worked up some stuff and and um i didn't have any showcases myself because i was i was real last minute on jumping on the uh conference so uh it was a lot of fun to meet yeah we played some rounds and we played some we played to you know two or three people some nights but uh yeah it was a lot of fun to meet all the different people and you never know who's gonna pop in your room like uh, old beetle bob yeah came in and danced to some songs oh, that's cool yeah well and the the great thing too about folk alliance is that they have the regional conference festivals too right yeah at different times in the year. And so you don't have to just go to the big folk Alliance and, and try to put all your eggs and your kind of networking efforts in that basket. You can really make some good, like deep connections by going to the, the smaller regional conferences and you get more time, you know, one-on-one time with the other participants, like the, the radio DJs and the bookers and the other artists that are there. So yeah. As uh do you have any plans to go to any of the regional ones? I am hoping to go to far West this year. That's out in Los Angeles or close to Los Angeles. Cause that's the one that I haven't been to yet. And so I'm, I'm going to try to go to far West and then I'll, I think I may go to Swerfa, the Southwest one this year as well. Yeah, I'm looking into Surfa. Yeah, they have one. They have one for pretty much every region, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surfa's kind of our the southeast. That's the home region. I've been to that one several times. Speaking of all these regions, you've been doing a lot of like traveling to different locations. You've been going to New York. You're doing a show at ISIS coming up soon. Yeah, at ISIS Music Hall in Asheville. That'll be my yeah. first show there. Yeah, oddly enough, I don't have as many. I grew up in North Carolina. I grew up in the eastern part of the state. And I don't have as many booking connections there as I have in a place like New York. Uh, <laughs> and I guess... Like I, I didn't really start seriously pursuing music or, or playing music um, as a singer songwriter until I was out of high school and kind of right. into college. And so, so by that time I was kind of steadily moving out towards Nashville. So I don't have much uh, as much of a history of, of playing in North Carolina when I was growing up um, as as maybe some people that have, you know, had bands, you know, in, in middle school or high school and started playing. So, right. yeah, it's it's kind of ironic how I feel like I should, it should be a little easier for me to book shows in my home state. But right. <laughs> well, what city are you, are you from in North Carolina? I'm from a little town called Dunn, D-U-N-N. North Carolina, and it is in Harnett County, and it's close to 
Campbell University, which is in Bowie Creek, North Carolina, and it's a, a small private university that's kind of grown over the uh, past uh, ten or fifteen years or so. And they've um, and I'm about forty five minutes an hour southeast of Raleigh. Okay, and I'm about thirty miles, thirty minutes north of Fayetteville, North Carolina, where Fort Bragg is. Okay. So right in that area. Do you, do you ever go home and oh, play shows or? Sometimes I I played. I'm trying to get into trying to get people to maybe host me for like house concerts and stuff. There I I played uh, the last time I played in Dunn was at a coffee shop down there, and the so there it's kind of a kind of a small town that used to have several factory jobs you know opportunities there but then those kind of went away and there's it's more of a retail community now as far as you know most of the jobs around there are either in retail or if you're like family if you had a family business if you're like you know if your dad was a lawyer insurance agent or um, our family business was a meat and seafood distribution place and um so some of the some of my cousins and everything they kind of still work in there but i wanted to do music so i had to go where there were a little more opportunities um how long have you been songwriting since you said since high school or yeah i think i wrote my first song when i was about 15 or 16 and I've been doing it ever since then. I'm 38 now, so I guess that's, what, 22 years? Yeah, that's a good amount of time on songwriting. Do yeah. You, do you have, like, a certain process? I mean, we've talked we talked about this on the way back from Folk Alliance, but no one was there listening, so yeah. if you if we could talk about it again. Um, like, is there a certain process for you for songwriting? Like, do you, like, you start with the melody? Do you start with the lyrics? How does that work for you? I normally start with a melody, kind of, or... I usually start with a guitar uh, accompaniment. Like if yeah. there's some kind of nice picking pattern or, or or chord pattern on the guitar, and then I usually will start singing a metal melody from there. But um, and for a while, you know, sometimes it, I would I'd hold on to a melody for for a long time until I figured out you know what I was writing about. Yeah, and I think next to the melody, the idea is the most important. I mean, that may sound right. that may sound kind of self evident or obvious, but I sometimes I, for me, if I don't feel like I'm writing about anything important, or not maybe not necessarily important, but if I don't feel like I've got a a new take on something or, or something that like just kind of grabs me. It's, it's hard for me to, to continue right. the writing process. Yeah. You know, I might start with a good line and then if, if I don't feel like I have anywhere to go with it from there, I'll put it down, you know, and it may, may not be maybe a month or a year before I pick up that same idea again. But, I try to uh 
I try to just be cognizant of of going somewhere with it. Are you like an are you an editor? Do you like for me like I'll put like placeholder lines. So I'm like I got two good lines and this line sucks and I know it sucks, but I got to keep moving forward. Yeah, like I do. I, yeah. I I do that. I'll put I can be picky about my placeholder lines too, though, because <laughs> like there's something about man that that first thing that you write down, you know, if you write yeah. them down, like you may not, you may not like it, but sometimes by virtue of just singing it over and over again, the the to. longer it stays there, the more likely it is that that's gonna be what you keep. So, um, but yeah, if I usually when I'm writing, I'll like. I'll either put a star or a question mark behind those placeholder lines just to remind myself, like, I really want to come up with something better than right. that. Right. Say it in a better way. Yeah. And oddly enough, like, I was going back over a song that I had written years and years ago that I'm wanting to put on this new album. And I really liked my first and second verses as well as the the first and second courses of of the song but the i kept racking my brain over you know i don't like the last verse of the song it it it's not as strong as the other verses and i wanted to retool it and rewrite it and i couldn't it had been there for so long that it yeah. felt really hard to put myself in the mode of when i was writing the song and I couldn't think of better words. And so I finally just said, well, what if I just didn't sing that verse? What would the song be like without that verse? Right. If I just ended it, you know, on the chorus or in a different way. And I played through it without having that last verse on it. And it felt so much better. So sometimes it's, you know, just about leaving stuff out. Right, leaving space. And, leaving yeah. space, exactly. Um, I was watching an interview with John Prine, and he said he has to finish a song while he's writing it because if he comes back to it, he feels like he's writing someone else's song. And yeah. It's interesting. I can see that. And, and it sounds different in a moment, and you don't always yeah. re- remember the same melody if you come back to it unless True. you record it. And that's why, man, having the, the voice recorder oh my on my phone, that's been such, yeah. it's a game changer. It's like such a help because I'll just, I'll wake up and if I'm singing something, I'm like, okay, I got to record this and I'll record it in the moment. You know, even if I don't have all the lyrics, you know, I'll kind of hum or, or sing, right. or sing kind of syllables and nonsense words. Um, and then when I come back to it a little bit later, you know, I'll be, I'll be playing that song and I'm like, okay, yeah, let me, let me start writing on this song again and I'll play through it. And then I'll, then I'll hit the record or not the record, but I'll hit the playback button on my recording. And, um, and the melody will be just a little bit different than what I was just singing. I'm like, Oh yeah. And most of the times what I recorded first is a better melody. So having that, that phone to record like your first instinct is is really nice. Man, I heard uh, Garth Brooks had all these ideas on his phone uh, for a new record and um, somehow like didn't upload it to his cloud or whatever. Oh, yeah. And lost everything. Oh, man. So technology can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's If true. you don't uh, save it somehow, you might lose it too, but... I mean, how many songs throughout the history of, you know, 
been lost because you couldn't record it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's possible to tell. My um my favorite story to going back to the placeholder thing. Um, I was watching uh, a documentary on like the 25th anniversary of Graceland and Paul Simon actually was using Graceland as a placeholder word. Oh yeah. I came up with something better. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about the longer you sing it, it gets stuck. That's exactly what happened. And that's why it's Graceland. Yeah. Well, and uh, the other story I've heard about that, I'm kind of like that is, um, when the Beatles, when, uh, Paul McCartney was writing yesterday, Uh he had the melody, but the the words that he was singing were something about like scrambled eggs <laughs> or something and so i'm i'm glad that 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 didn't wind up being the the actual lyrics to yesterday i think he improved on yeah. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes it's you know i'll sing stupid stuff like really stupid stuff but i i definitely don't write that down yeah yeah you're just trying to find like the right sometimes just like the right syllables for the yeah the way the melody is too is That's important true. Um, so what was, what was the song that, uh, got you, uh, in the Telluride, uh, finals? This year it was a song called, or this past year, I keep, I forget that it's 2018 now, you know, Yeah. but yeah, last year it was, um, a song called Out to California, which was a song that I wrote about a person that I met in acting class and um it was kind of one of those situations where i knew i was developing developing a bit of a a crush or kind of a interest or what you call it and i you know you kind of know it in the back of your mind it's like oh man this is not going to go well but you might as i might as well lean into it and write the song (laughs) because if you don't write the song then you know then you don't you don't win. have anything you don't salvage oh, yeah. you don't win you don't salvage anything good yeah. out of it that's that's awesome um and was that like a quick one to take a long time how did how was the writing process on that one yeah it happened really quick i mean of course i had had known this person a long time and so the actual experience of like absorbing the the knowledge and the what i wanted to write about um took a while but i remember writing it in my house when I was living in Spring Hill right after I got back from Merlefest. So it happened. Merlefest is always the last weekend in April into the first weekend in May. And, and I just, I remember writing it on like a notepad right after I'd gotten back from, from Merlefest, and it was one of those things of like, as I was writing it, I was like, man, this this song, I don't think I'll ever be able to play it for this person because it's like, <laughs> yeah. it was the most like nakedly like obvious song about any person that I think I've ever written. I was like, oh wow, this is just like pretty much straight straight up about this person. Where you know, usually I try to obscure it or be a little right. cute with it, and I was just like, no, this is just where this song is going. And, um, I mean, I, I knew it was a good song after I had finished it. So, you know, I was like, when I submitted it to Telluride and, um, a couple other places, I was kind of like in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, this is probably gonna, it's probably going to get 
get picked up by somebody or, or somebody's going to notice it. And sure enough, it, you know, got the call to, for Telluride. But, um, but yeah, so that it was, it's called out to California and it's going to be on the new album. Oh, great. It's going to be on the new one. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's some, I, you know, um, I feel like the songs that I write that people connect with the most are the most naked and raw ones, which sucks because yeah. then you feel very exposed when you're singing them. Yeah. But I understand why people like them so much is because you are being naked and exposed and they, yeah. they really connect with that so much more than, you know, Yeah. sometimes, you know, shrouding it in, you know, metaphors and mm-hmm. changing it up some, you know, whenever it's just straight, people tend to connect a lot more. So, yeah. And uh, so there's there's no version right now, or is there like a YouTube version that can be heard, or we just got to wait till the new album comes out? There, yeah, unless it's still up on the Telluride channel. There, Telluride had it on their um, the Troubadour list, like the streaming yeah um, site for. So if those if those recordings are still up, then it might be up, but I don't have a recorded released version of it yet i've been toying with the idea of releasing a few singles ahead of the album but i haven't gotten any of the tracks mastered yet and i'm just kind of waiting for a larger right now i've got five songs recorded for the album so i will probably wait until i get a few more recorded before i get them mastered and start releasing them as singles if I decide to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, and you were talking about, you met a girl in acting class. Um, so how long have you been acting? This is my, let's see. This is my third year in acting class. I believe I'm going back to, I started in, um, I guess it was, I think it was 2014 that I started and my like about a month after I started at this uh, at Nashville Acting Studio which is where I've been taking classes about a month after I started both my grandparents my dad's parents um, my grandparents on my father's side both of them got sick and my grandfather they, they both wound up passing away in September of 2014 and they were both in their their 90s so that was and I was really close to them so that kind of put the acting lessons on hold for me you know I had to kind of go back to North Carolina for the funerals and all that stuff so that um so it was another year, I think, in like maybe September of October or October of 2015 before I came back and said, OK, let me dive back into the acting classes again. And and I've kept going pretty much steadily since 2015. So I guess I'm in my going into my third year of doing that. And it's just been a great community of yeah. people I've al- always wanted to do acting specifically film and TV acting which is I had done some musicals and some stage stuff before in, in high school but once I started taking these classes at Nashville Acting Studio 
it just was like it's kind of become an indispensable part of my my life now yeah. where um I just I enjoy the work and I've started to get gotten cast in um a few independent films and so things are starting to to pick up there but mainly it's it's kind of I mean it's kind of like when you start writing music or yeah. playing songs it's like uh, you start out by just enjoying the thing itself you know and then you decide well this is something I want to pursue like professionally right. or that I, I want to try and get more I want to get better at and I want to try to get more out of and so I guess I'm at that that stage doing acting now where it's kind of I guess akin to when I was first wanting to start playing writer's nights and wanting to start making an album yeah. when I was making music. Yeah, I'm getting more serious about it, I guess. You, you have that excitement. Yeah. You haven't been jaded by it. Yeah. yeah. Like the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still, there's a lot of excitement about it. That's awesome. And, uh, I did have one other thing I wanted to talk about. We, you know, we met, well, we, we've met before this, but last year we, reconnected at Americana Fest and yeah. we started talking about um gospel music and mm -hmm. hymns and our love for for those styles and how we really wanted to like kind of do some kind of gospel thing but not necessarily make it our main goal and um yeah. so you know we've we've played a couple well we've played one show so far and we're trying to get together the uh Old time religion gospel hour. Yeah. So that's something that uh, we've been doing together, which I'm really excited about. And uh, I am too. There's there's something about those old hymns. I mean, both the melody and just the language of them. Yeah. You know, when you think about things, I mean, songs like "Amazing Grace" or "It Is Well My Soul" or "Precious Lord, Take My Hand." You know, those um, that were written in either you know, the 1800s or like the turn of the century right. in the early 1900s. And there's just something about, I think it's, there's something about the connection yeah. to, to God that f it feels really authentic. And I think part of it, I think is, is that they come out of some great loss and suffering or longing where, yeah. Like it, it as well. We were talking about yeah, that song and the yeah, story behind that. Yeah, it's in, and I think, I mean, not to get too critical of like modern praise and worship music, but I feel like sometimes the, I feel like sometimes we've gotten so spoiled by our affluence in America, particularly mm -hmm. that modern worship music is we're almost afraid to let people feel any kind of deep sorrow or deep relief so it's a lot of a lot of modern wor worship music i think sometimes is afraid to talk about the tough emotions it right it all wants to be like like we're know, already at the top of the mountain yes it, yeah we, we just like yeah. it all wants to be up at the top of the mountain you know and just kind of like effusive praise praise god praise jesus that kind of thing which right. there's a place for that but i mean there's also a place for 
acknowledging our our weaknesses and acknowledging our times of, of weeping and sorrow not like not that all music has to be that either right but i think there's something powerful um about singing things like it's vulnerable again yeah you know just like your yeah. song you were talking about earlier it's that vulnerability in the song of like i'm weak and i need something outside right of myself yeah and like we're saying like when those words uh whatever my lot God has taught me to say it is well with my soul. You know, right. when, when sorrows like sea billows roll or, you know, yeah. that, and you, you know, that story, he like lost his daughters. Yeah. yeah and, and wrote it apparently when he was on a trip back over and he was passing back over the spot, uh, the spot where his, his daughters, his wife and his daughters were uh, killed. Um, and on that's, sea, yeah. yeah, and it's powerful. And then, well, and then like amazing grace, you know, right. written by someone who used to own slaves and has turned abolitionist, yeah. you know, um, that idea of that idea of, of change and redemption and, right. you know, just the grace of God causing this person to see the world in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. There's a Chris Christopherson song that we sang mm -hmm. um, last time we played together. Uh, Why me Lord. And I heard yeah. the story about that. And even, so even like in like more modern, like uh, folk gospel type stuff, he, he said he'd never been to church and he yeah. got there and he just felt like that presence and like realized like in that moment, his responsibility to like kind of, um, help other people become better people. Yeah. And like, that's pretty much what the song is about. He's like, you know, I've done so many bad things, but you still blessed my life. Like, let me yeah. bless someone else's life. And I think that's such a powerful message. Yeah. And I feel like I've, I've been in so many experiences where, where people that are not necessarily wouldn't call themselves religious or maybe even have been like skeptical of the, the modern church who had never really heard a lot of these old hymns. You know, yeah. I've been in experiences where people would get around and we, and people would, people that knew those songs would start singing them. And the person that had never heard them before was, was kind of just dumbfounded. Like, Oh, what is this? Like, yeah. this is not like church music I've heard before. Yeah. You know? And, um, there's there's something powerful about them, and I and I think w we were talking about the old time religion hour. You know, we're seeking for a way to make those songs and that music accessible, yeah. Without without having to put the imprimatur of of church on it, like right. You know, we're wanting to invite people in rather than kind of draw the line at the door and yeah. say this is what it was going to be. Because we, we even talked about inviting the just traditional tunes of any type, you know, some of the old-time, you know, yeah. uh, ballads and fiddle tunes. And I, I think that they're all, they all come from a place of real authenticity, whether it was something like, I don't know, like Tom Dooley, where you're actually telling a historical story through yeah. a ballad or, you know, a song like Just As I Am or right. Amazing Grace or It Is Well With My Soul where it's just a expression of somebody's deep connection to God and their 
in their expression of that through song in the structure i really love the structure i think some of that comes across in how i write currently because i've always loved hymns in the structure of the um just the the verses and the way they're very they're just so well written and, and consistently yeah. well written like each verse is just as solid as the last and i, I think that sometimes whenever I want to get lazy and like, I like have a really powerful first verse and you get lazy yeah. and you, I go back to these and I'm like, okay, like every verse, you know, yeah. song after song is just like very like solid, uh, lyrical content. Yeah. And it makes me want to up my game and write yeah. that solid. So I've, I've definitely drawn a lot of inspiration, even like the songwriting uh, aspect of it, you know, not just necessarily the religious as aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, those lyrics, like you're, like you said, like every verse. Like I had a really crazy experience. This is typical of experiences that I have, you know, singing these songs because you'll sing them once and maybe you know some words will stick with you or get to you. Yeah. And then you sing them again and maybe it's a different word. Yes. Sometimes yeah. it's like a lot like reading scripture, or reading the Bible. But yeah. um, I was out in Colorado in January for a ski vacation with my family and my dad had an accident. He took a really hard fall at the end of our second day of skiing and he broke his ribs in like seven different places. Oh. And so he was in the hospital and we weren't sure whether he was going to get to fly back home on schedule or whatever. Anyway, Long story short, he did get on the plane, and we were able to get him back, you know, in time, and he's recovering now. But we went to see him in the hospital, and, you know, my mom had stayed there with me, but my, me and my brother-in-law and my nieces, we went, and, and I carried my guitar over there because he asked me about, you know, carrying my guitar. And um, we were singing through Amazing Grace kind of right before we lit right before we left his hospital room and um what was it it was just the lyrics when we sang these lyrics like i felt i felt it and i could see like simultaneously that he felt it too and we yeah. both kind of got choked up at this moment when we sang um oh gosh through many dangers toils and snares i have already come was grace that brought me here this far and grace will lead me home and just like yeah the idea that god's kept my dad safe through this accident where it could be a lot worse and however he gets home in the literal sense like home to north carolina yeah like god's gonna be with him and then of course the bigger metaphorical home to heaven sense as the you know as the song was written about, but just, I, I just illustrate that as an instance where like such a comfort, such yeah. a comfort and those lyrics that are so well written that they can mean something very moving and specific in a context like that, but then also can mean something different in a bigger context. You know, maybe the next time that I'm singing it at church or something right. like that, it's just, just the power of music. It's a, it, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And, um, hopefully we'll be doing some more of those, uh, gospel songs and, um, you need to check out Clint, uh, at Clint com. That's yeah. A L P H I N. That's right. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show. I uh, really enjoyed having you and, um, 
yeah let us let us know about that new album because when it drops we want to be sure to let everyone know yeah appreciate it thanks a lot thanks all right that's it for this episode of americana station podcast thanks clint for joining us and um we've got some exciting guests coming on in the future i just talked to chris moise uh he was uh, one of the finalists in last year's Kerrville and actually won um so he'll be on pretty soon and we're working that out make sure you follow us in the meantime on instagram twitter and facebook as well as spotify we have a playlist americana station playlist and uh it's got a lot of the people that have been on the podcast that i want to have on the podcast and just uh great songwriters here in nashville and beyond um Got some more stuff coming up in June here in Nashville. Um, my friends from Lafayette, uh, the Rail Brothers, will be coming up. I'm going to try to convince uh, maybe Dan and Jesse to come hop on the show and do a episode with me. But um, follow us on all our social media and tell all your friends. Uh, be sure to share these podcasts with anyone you think might appreciate them. And um, thanks so much. Until next time.